Well, you figured out by now it's homecoming. Homecoming is a time when you tend to look back. Some of you uh, are here at Indiana Wesleyan. Partly you were influenced by a traveling music team that came through a youth camp you were at. I look back at that section right there, and I see some people who were on those music teams who influenced me when I was a teenager. That was just before they invented paper. I was just counting, I think there are five buildings standing on campus or portions of buildings standing on campus that were here when, when I was a student and amazing campus today. So you look back and you guys remember something entirely different in Marion College than we see at Indiana Wesleyan today, but we still carry the heart for putting first things first for Jesus. Students, I want you to know something, that homecoming is not just a time to look back. I think it can be a time to look forward. Our speaker today is Dr. Dale Herman. He, he and I were in school about the same era, and you guys can't imagine yourself being 60 or 50 or even 40. 30 is a stretch for some of you, but trust me, if you keep breathing, you will be. And I'm thrilled to have Dr. Herman as our speaker. He's a graduate of Marion College, Indiana Wesleyan, in the class of 1973. You'll hear more about him after he speaks. But he enrolled here as someone who always struggled to have a place of belonging, and he found a home. He graduated, went on to earn his medical degree, and is a noted nationally and internationally recognized pediatric surgeon. One of his life-saving surgeries involved an infant who weighed less than a half a pound at birth. God has used him in amazing ways as he continues to testify to God's grace. What I hope you'll do if you're a student here is lean in and listen. Some of you will see your future. Some of you will say, that could be me in 20 or 30 or 40 years. That's one reason we do homecoming, to remind us of the past and to cause us to look to the future. Dr. Herman, we welcome you to the stage today. What a privilege to be here today. I'm going to address my remarks to, first of all, the students. I know what some of you have gone through to get here. And I'll share with you in a bit a little bit of what took me to get here. But I also address it to the faculty that I so highly respected. Because when I came here, they loved me. Beyond anything I'd ever experienced. The staff, I remember Pop Shop. Y'all remember Pop Shop? Yeah. He worked around the grounds, always talked to me because I lived right next door. Fellow alums, board of trustees, I was on the board for about eight, nine years, about 15 years or so ago, and other guests. It's a privilege. When I came here in 1973, I should say in 1970 actually, 1970, I had just finished two years at a sister Wesleyan school in Kansas, Miltonville, Kansas. It's now merged and it's down in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. But I'd gone there as an orphan. You see, I woke up in July 21st, 1957, seven years of age, one of seven children, rural Minnesota. To be told by my 
eldest sister, who was 15. We had 15 and a brother 13, and a brother 11, and a brother 9, and I was 7, a sister 6, and a brother 2, who, by the way, went on to become an alum of IWU, and his daughter and her husband are here, and both are alums of IWU. My sister told me we wouldn't see our parents for a long time. That started me to going to a doctor's home to live for a short time, uncle's home, someone else's home, finally my maternal grandparents who had only one child, and that was my mother. And she was killed in that accident as well. But what I'm going to share with you is not something to ponder the past. Because nowadays in the world, I don't know if you hear what the world does, they say, look at the back, and that's a reason not to be what you should be in the future. I submit to you, you should look at your past as a reason to be what you should be in the future. And I praise God that he included me in his plan. When I was 13, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Charles City Campgrounds changed my life. I realized somebody loved me. Romans 12.2, do not conform to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Write this down, students, so you may test and approve that which is his good, perfect, and pleasing will. You see, when I came here, I got a call from a professor here a couple weeks before I finished at Milnville. Professor Sheets. says, it's Professor Sheets. I'm up here at Marion, and God told me to call you. Prof. Sheets was working as a nighttime watchman, and on his beat one night, God spoke. Call up Daryl Herman and have him come and stay with you for the summer, rent-free. Showed up, rent-free. He had a two-bedroom house, three children. But you know what's impossible with man is possible with God. So anyway, you can tell that I showed up here not knowing why I was here, other than him calling, what I was going to do, or anything. I mean, I just didn't know. I'll just, I'm just saying I was ignorant. But I'm going to reveal now to you that God was leading through it all. As I said, I was greatly influenced by this institution, by my education here, the direction for my vocation while I was here. You see, I had to drop out of school a couple weeks after I started. Yeah, I was on Dr. Mills' soccer team and went down to Indiana University. But then a couple weeks later, I drop out, no funds. Keep that in the back of your mind because I'm making some difference there now with that. But I was influenced by the professors. Also, I was here, Dr. Uh, Professor Sheets got me teaching Sunday school. At college church, I was teaching teens, and I'd never done that before. Well, that started a lifelong interest in my teaching. And just up until a couple of years ago, I was teaching adult Sunday school class, and they gave me a class that had 12 in it, and before I knew it, I had 130 in it. And I said, no, it's not the numbers, it's the fact that we're drawing together as a community. Praise the Lord. So anyway, while I was here, I got engaged to my wife. Praise the Lord. Just celebrated 45 years. She's also an alum. So it's through this influence on my life that I want to just share with the students, particularly, sphere of influence. Think about it. You're a student here. One of the things I brought down and I weighed on, I keep this by my desk all the time. It goes along with what you were talking about earlier. 
Don't wait to start improving the world. We don't have to wait till tomorrow. We can start doing it today, right now. So three points for students. I remember when I was in medical school, pathology. Man, I showed up in pathology class, and they got all these things. And the first day, they showed us all these organs and tumors and things. We didn't, none of us students knew what they were. But we realized real soon about any disease thing. Remember three things. You'll probably pass the test, okay? Don't underestimate what God has in store for you. As a graduate of Indiana Wesleyan, you're positioned to be a major influence for God in this world. Now, I can speak some experience on that. And then your influence has eternal potential. You see, when I was living in one of the foster homes, we did have indoor plumbing. The lighting wasn't the best. So there was a little plaque on the wall. Only one life will uh, soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So I got through medical school. Well, I was in medical school opening on, uh, for a senior elective when I was a junior, and somehow they said, hey, you want this junior elective, uh, the senior elective is junior for pediatric surgery. Uh-uh. Yes, God. I didn't know anything about pediatric surgery. Anybody know anything about pediatric surgery? Well, let me tell you, I thank God for the ability to go on and get one of the 17 fellowships. There are 360-some applicants, and God opened the door. I became a pediatric surgeon. Let me tell you a little bit about what pediatric surgery does. First of all, you're a surgeon. You're a physician. You deal with pediatricians. You deal with inpatients. You deal with outpatients. You deal with about every specialty. Neonatologists, pathologists, anesthesiologists, other surgeons, other surgical subspecialties. Yes, sometimes the morgue. But I soon learned to also include the chaplains, particularly ones that really believed. So my sphere of influence started shortly after I got to Dallas, and my pastor called me one day and wanted to have lunch. I remember Mikasa. Okay, sure. Hey, pastor, good to see you. What are you going to do for Christ in your practice? Started thinking. First of all, I have my patients. Yes, I can pray for my patients. Then I realized I had the parents. By the way, you talked about races. I deal with all races. I have people come from all over the world. All different colors. Some of them disabled, handicapped, and uh, some of them foster children. Boy, did the Lord open up a mission field there because the foster moms soon found out that I cared for foster children because I was a foster But then I started realizing, hey, my medical students heard me when I prayed. Then my residents. My operating room crew. Now, when I share this with you, the scripture says clearly, when you boast, boast in the Lord. And I'm boasting in the Lord because none of this is possible with me alone. You see, when I was an orphan kid, I went to a one-room country school. We didn't even have water there. We had to carry it from the farmhouse next door. So I knew poverty. I knew being parentless. I knew living in foster homes. I knew about wearing clothes to be size too big. But you know, God had a purpose in all that. Because he allowed me in my practice. 
to deal with the people in rural Texas. It's all the struggle I can do to get to Dallas. And sometimes my surgery residents would say, hey, I'll have them come in next week to see. And I said, no, let's mark them out three, four weeks. That way we give it a chance of wound to heal more, save them an extra trip, because a day, uh, a day to Dallas is a day uh, off work, cost them gas money, and that makes a difference while they can pay their bills. The handicap gave me the influence on them, as I mentioned, the foster children. One other area, the unborn. Let me tell you, there's not enough said in this country about the unborn. I had an opportunity many, many times where God allowed me to use my influence in saying, oh no, see we did prenatal visits to counsel the young mom. No, no, your baby has a potential way beyond what you'd know. I got a Christmas card this last Christmas from a family that lives in Abu Dhabi. And they had twins. And one of them had a major malformation. It's about 10 years ago. And they were told to abort. They were sent to me and I said, I don't see any reason at all to abort. And I have to, if I'm talking to parents, I have to include something about God because I'm not the one doing the healing. I don't even have the wisdom. It's from God. The reason they sent me the Christmas card is the one little girl, the twin girls, 10 years old now, she's bigger than her twin that didn't have the surgical problem. Completely normal except a major scar here where she was born with everything out. So anyway, you can tell that after I met with my pastor, he had an influence on me, and I passed this influence on to my patients, the families. For instance, Reagan showed up one day. I'd been in practice about two years. She comes to the children's hospital where I was working, a large children's hospital in Dallas, and I was at the University of Texas Health Science Center, Southwestern Medical School. The lower half of her body's turned inside out. Well, they don't come very often. It's pretty rare, but it's very challenging. Affects the gastrointestinal tract, urological tract, orthopedics, and who knows what all else. Her father was a professional golfer. A lot of professional golfers are around Dallas, but you know, God's no respecter of persons. He doesn't really care who the persons do. Actually, this is something you should remember. It's not so much what you do. It's the way in which you do it. I realize, I realize now it's not the fact that I was a pediatric surgeon. It's the fact that God chose to use me. I cannot think of anything better than to recognize that God has a plan for your life that's good, perfect, and pleasing. And then that he wants to use you as an instrument of his peace and he wants to work through you. You know, there's a lot in the Bible about God's hand. He upholds his everlasting arms or his hands. He talks about his upper extremities. He also does a handout. Come join me. For all you students, some of you may or may not know him personally. It's not about knowing him. It's about knowing him personally. Change your life. Change my life. See, we had not subtract. I think about, hey, I had 10 patients today. God's thinking, no, no, you work through those patients. Be more than that. So a couple months ago, I'm on my way to Oregon to visit my middle daughter and her husband. 
And I get a call on the car phone. My wife's with me, Bluetooth. Dr. Gill called me. He's a pediatric orthopedist. He knew me, young surgeon. He said, hey, I got a, you got time? I said, yes. He said, I just was, came back from a high school reunion. He said, I saw Taylor. And I said, don't say anymore. I know who. And I proceeded to tell him the story. 30 years ago, a young lady came to me. She was about 12. She looked like she's 20 months pregnant. Her dad's the guy in Sprint. She had this tumor. Took out this big desmoid tumor. It's like 20, 30 pounds. And there's a diffuse form of it. It came back. I realized I had to tackle something that none of my associates wanted to tackle. Not much in the literature about it. It's pretty rare, not too many. So I told the parents right up front that first of all, I'm a believer. I believe in God. And I believe he cares about your daughter, Tara. Over the process of two months, oncologists couldn't help me. Radiation oncologists couldn't help me. The rheumatologists couldn't help me. Nobody could help me. But I had my Sunday school class praying because I was, I was teaching Sunday school class. I'll tell you about that in just a bit. God works ways like you won't believe. Because I'm a busy surgeon. I have to go in and make rounds on Sunday morning. But where God's involved, he'll make a way. So I had them praying, and I had one of the guys from my class come down. Before you know it, we led the parents to Christ. So what the conversation was that Dr. Gill wanted to tell me was, he went back to his high school reunion and saw Taylor, who was the brother of Tara. And Taylor was eight then. He said, do you know a Dr. Herman? And, of course, Corey said, yes. I know him. He's been the chief of surgery at our children's hospital. He said, well, he did something for our family. 30 years ago, that changed our family. Now, was that influence? It wasn't me. It was God working through me. Because I don't save anybody. God, Christ saves tell you about Ashley. Why don't I tell you about these patients? Because they're taught me something. Ashley, I was called about when I'm just on the wards at the children's hospital making rounds one day and a cardiologist calls me from out in West Texas. Has this little baby that was born the day before. Coarctatia aorta. No rectum. Hands coming off the uh, elbows, it's called brachydactyly, a lot of other malformations. And they put the baby in the corner to let her die. And this cardiologist got thinking, hmm, let me call somebody. Well, my, I'm at the children's hospital, and if you're ever around a large children's hospital, I've got people, if I don't know the answer, I can find the answer somewhere. I said, by all means, send her in. Well, within just a couple days, we discovered a H-type fistula between the trachea and the esophagus. I, ha I fixed that and had the cardiac surgeon go in and fix the coarctation. Did a colostomy. Over a few years, we got a reconstructed several stomas. Lost touch with her for about 10 years, but I had shared with that family Christ. They realized their need to pray. 
They didn't know anything about praying, so they started going to their local church. The church loved on them. They came to Christ. She came to see me because she knew my hobby. My hobby is long-distance motorcycling. Yeah, I've got BMWs, and I've been all over the continent. But that's also a ministry, by the way, because cyclists need to know somebody that knows Jesus. So anyway, she comes to see me. She's a senior up in North Texas, about uh, 130 miles from Dallas. And her mom comes in, and she's got little earrings on here. Remember, her hands are here. Little lipstick on, the makeup on. And she had a little plaque, most likely to succeed, most popular senior. And her mom proceeded to cry. Because the reason they wanted to come back to see me was they were living for Jesus. But more importantly, if your hands are up here, how do you take care of this? Well, we had done something. I got one of the PA urologists to tell me where you take care of it right here, both of them, water and salt. Wisdom from God. But I submit to you that more of what we did was what we did at the bedside with them as well. One last one. I brought along Reese's autobiography. A teacher gave this to me. This little boy, I see him as a pediatric surgeon who take care of kids of all ages, up to about 16, 17, 18. One day I was called by a gastroenterologist. He said, I got this little boy, he can't lay down to sleep. Every time he lays down, he vomits. I said, well, I think I know what to do about that. I'll see him right away. And he said, well, I'll just put him in the hospital. I said, I'll go right by and see him right away. Saw him that day. The next day I worked on him. He laid down to sleep that night. Anyway, his teacher gave me this. He wrote it at school. It was with his parents' permission, because you know HIPAA? (laughs) Dr. Herman, I thought you might like this. Thanks for making my life worth living. Thank you, Jesus. Then he says, P.S. This is cute, because he's just a little kid. This is elementary. I I didn't do this in elementary school. So over in the dedication page... I dedicate this book to my surgeon, Daryl Herman. He was very nice to me while I was in the hospital. He made me feel better when I was sick. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus made me feel better when I was sick. Into myself. But he made me healthy. Cleaned up my heart. I don't know. It's been said the the fiddle's judged by its tune, but I just want you to know that the truest thing about me is what God's going to say about me. And I appreciate the honors and so on, but the honor is going to be someday. The pearly gates, he says, Daryl, thank you for a job well done. Welcome home. You're a child of the king. So I've been analyzing this because it's kind of interesting. I came here as an orphan. I was poor. I was on welfare. I was getting a social security check here. Didn't know why I was here, where I was headed. 
I come back to you this time to let you know that Indiana Westland allowed me to realize the potential to where I could be headed, why I'm here. Instead of going from being an orphan, I'm a child of the king. Instead of having to take from Indiana Westland, I'm now able to give to Indiana Westland. And there's some students here that my wife and I are able to help come here. So in conclusion, those three points again, students. Don't underestimate what God has in store for you. As a graduate of Indiana Wesleyan, you're well positioned to be a major influence in this world. Influence has eternal potential. What's done for Christ will last. About six weeks ago, I had two major operations in six days of time. It was with peace of mind that my, both my surgeons were my former residents that prayed with me. My, both my anesthesiologists were my former residents when they rotated at Children's Hospital. God has a little humor there. So with that, I thank you for the opportunity to address you today. God continue to bless you in your days ahead. What a great story. You know, several years ago we started the World Changers, Society of World Changers, and you come to the chapel when we uh, induct World Changers. In 2012, we started an Alumni World Changer Award as well. So in the rotunda of the library, you can see some of the plaques that are up there. And uh, we, today we're going to honor Dr. Daryl Herman as one of our Alumni World Changers. Let me remind you of some of the others that have gotten this honor. Cheryl Marie Beckett, biology major, who graduated in 2000, one of 10 humanitarian workers who was killed in 2010 in Afghanistan. Uh, Howard Noggle, who for many years was known as Mr. Marion College, helped run this place and raise funds for this place. Doris Wall, good friend of mine, 40 years spent in Guyana doing medical work and translating the Bible into a, an indigenous language. Dr. Charles Duvall, graduated in 1926, a professor, missionary in China. Dr. Francis Mustafa, from, uh, from Sierra Leone, who's done tremendous teaching work and then building a school in Sierra Leone. Last year, Dr. David Blancher, who went from here to a career in NASA. So today, we're going to honor Dr. Daryl Herman, Bachelor of Science in Biology, a Doctor of Science, class of 1973. As you've heard, he was orphaned as a child, reared in foster homes, became, uh, through, before a relative invited him to enroll here at Marion College where he overcame numerous obstacles to receive his biology degree here. In 1977, he graduated from medical school before completing a residency in general surgery and a fellowship in pediatric surgery. During a long career, Dr. Herman has gained national and international recognition as a pediatric surgeon. One of his life-saving surgeries involved an infant who laid less than half a pound. And you've heard many of the other stories of interve intervening in people's lives with the grace and power of God. Above all, Dr. Herman has always shared Christ with his patients and their families, and we pray that in Dr. Herman, some of you can see your future that God has called you to. So, Dr. Herman, we honor you as an alumni world changer. God bless you. Few of us yet realize what God has in store for us and how he might use us. It is by his grace that he does we commit ourselves to him. Go in peace. Have a great day.